that sugar sweet You got what I need Sipping on the potion All that good emotion Just my kind of heat Keep it on me, peep Tested by the potion Love it, this the potion Sit back Relax and prepare yourself for yet another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. A podcast where, no, you're not listening to an expert. Hell, you're not even listening to an adult who has his shit together. You're just chilling with a filthy casual crypto guy who's adventuring in the land of crypto, making all the mistakes so that you don't have to. That's right. Sit back, chill out, and let's get into another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. Thanks for being here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. The most laid back, the most chill, and the most profane podcast all over the cryptoverse. Alright everybody, so what I wanted to do for this episode was kind of tell you like where I started and where I'm going currently uh, investing-wise and kind of narrate it through it and what's driven me to kind of get away from what I've been doing currently as my main mode of investment. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, First of all, obviously with everything, this is not financial advice, merely entertainment purposes. If you decide to invest and you want some advice, don't come to me, go to an actual financial professional and we'll see what happens. As I've talked in previous episodes about how I've been investing, it's been a lot of these gamified yield farms, right? We talked about it. It's essentially a yield farm where you're just staking your crypto and then you're getting some sort of a reward, usually a token, that then you can exchange for a coin, so cryptocurrency, and then you can turn that into money or you can use that to expand your portfolio or just leave it in your wallet or cash it all the way to the bank. You know, whatever you really want to do. So that's kind of where I've been in the last month or so, has been really playing with these and checking them out. Well, to be honest, it seems like a lot of these games that are coming out, I mean, every week there's two or three of them launching, if probably more, but only two or three that I know of every week. And they all seem to be what's called a fork of a game, right? Or a fork of a yield farm. What I mean by that is Project A does pretty well. You know, it has its phase one, it launches, it goes well for a month or two, maybe three months. It has a life cycle. Usually a month's about the life cycle, unfortunately. But they start off high, everybody kind of gets in, talks about how great it is, makes a lot of money for a week or so, and then they all sell it all, and it crashes and burns, and most people get out, some people stay in. I mean, that's really the life cycle, right? And, And the games that last long enough to go from this initial phase to phase two don't always do well either. But So what a fork is, is it sees this model of like a project like I just talked about, say Project A, has this life cycle and they're like you know what we can do that however it was really popular but where they failed was they didn't do this feature or the feature they had didn't quite hit the mark they were a little off so what if we just do the same exact thing under a different shell so i like let's say it was a game about being a sheep herder right and you buy sheep and they produce wool and you sell wool for 
um, not Bitcoin because that's not, but you know what I mean? Like you, so the NFT you buy is the sheep and then you stake them or put them in the pasture and they give you wool and then you sell the wool and you can transfer it to Avalanche or whatever. And that's how you make your money, right? And it does well for a month or two and they go, you know what? They messed up. They only had wool. What they should have done was had a secondary token, possibly even a third token and they had to have more mechanisms to or use cases for people to use the token so that the only thing to do with it wasn't to sell. Mainly that's where a lot of these get in trouble is that their only thing you can use their token for is to sell it, to make money. And what that does is it, it pumps it up and then it all sells, everybody sells to get their money because there's nothing else to do with it. So they they see that and instead of the sheep game, right, or the the sheep herder game, if you will, they decide to take it all the same mechanics, literally everything's the same, except they change maybe one or two things because they believe that's what's going to make their project last longer. Or they don't care about fixing those things. They want to do that, make a lot of money, uh, let it survive the amount of time, maybe a little longer, and then they get out. So they just take that same, those same mechanics, the same white paper, pretty much everything exactly the same. They copy their friend's homework but put their name on it so it looks slightly different, and then that game comes out, and that's a fork right it's just like a piece of the other game a fork you know what it sounds like they fork off the original idea change it a little bit and then they relaunch it as a new project and people buy into it buy into the hype what i've noticed is while they've evolved from what they were even a month ago to what they are now these gamified yield farms aren't really changing the narrative like one or two of them that we thought were going to go we when i say we we mean like as a larger community, obviously I'm I'm plugged in a little bit more than your average person, but not near as much as some of the other guys out there, guys and gals doing crypto out there, right? What I've noticed is they, they the new ones keep coming out, and they're still forks. Nobody's really innovated. Nobody's really created something new, which is hard to expect somebody to innovate something that's only been out for, I don't know, it's only been out for maybe six months, eight months. The genre itself has probably been around longer than that but it's really gained popularity in my opinion in the last six to eight months so it's really hard to expect somebody to completely innovate that genre that quickly however i would have liked to see something going on you know like there was a game or two that i thought were going to do really well a lot of people thought so the team was very open who they were what they were doing their goals to attack the problems that other yield farms have had they described how they were going to do it had the community involved in it all the time. So I had a lot of faith in them. And then, you know, one thing doesn't go quite right. Or they innovate too much. Or maybe they don't innovate enough. Or maybe their release of their new feature or token or, or whatever it is, is overshadowed by another game with more hype. Or There's so many variables right now in this space. But they don't perform well. And then when they don't perform well, I guess one of the biggest flaws, the Achilles heel of these yield farms is that really for the projects to last a long time and produce the profits that people would like, kind of like a residual network, residual net worth, so what I meant, like a residual passive income kind of level, it requires people to actually buy the NFTs, stake them, play what, you know, gamified features that they put in, right? They need to actually utilize those and store the token and continually use the ecosystem. Right now, let's be real, everybody's very greedy. And when I say that, I know it sounds super negative, but everybody's greed is obviously different levels, but 
it's hard for people to understand. All they see is, hey, I made 30,000 of this token, which is the equivalent to 300 bucks or $250. Cool, now I got $250 and they take it out. Well, you multiply that by, you know, 500 people every day or two or, or what have you, and it kind of exponentially grows. And then you've got the people who are whales or large investors, and they jump in and they do that exact same thing, except they do it on such a grand scale that the price can never go up past a certain point. And if everybody starts selling, so what I've seen happen a lot, and you will too, is somebody, a large portion of people sell. Whoop, it hits like a high. Okay, it's only ever been five cents over the last two days. Oh my gosh, it's at eight cents, which doesn't sound like a lot, a three cent increase. But when you're talking a three cent increase, when you have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of these tokens that go up three cents, you know, that's $3, obviously do your simple math, three, 30, 300, 3,000, depending dollars, depending on how many tokens you have. So people see it hit an all time high. They're like, oh yeah, if I get rid of all the tokens I have now, I'll get all my money back plus a little bit more that I invested. Well, everybody does that. Like 75% of the market does it and it crashes the coin back down a little bit or all the way back down to five, four or five cents. Then other people see it crash and go, oh my God, I'm losing all my money and they crash it even more. And the next thing you know, everybody's just out there panicking like crazy, selling like crazy. The coin crashes like crazy. And then everybody's like, oh, this project sucks. We're not making any money. And they all jump out. That's really what happens to a lot of these. And even though I've seen them come and go, these forks I'm talking about, they keep producing them. They promise you that they have solved the issue that the prior generations have not, or the prior iterations have not. And they can't deliver. And it's not, it's not that they're not trying. And now there are some that are without a doubt a rug pull, right? Just assholes out there to take your money, make as much as they can, and run away like a thief in the night. However... Even the people that are trying and really trying can't, it's hard for them to create a, a gamified yield farm that gets around just the number one failure, which is the ability to, I don't want to say harness, that's the wrong word, to control or to mitigate human greed. And, and that's their problem, right? You just, you really just can't. Like they try to impose taxes, like an energy system so that you can only do so many transactions a day or what have you, but the greedy people and, and I mean I'm not I don't want to say that too derogatory because there's definitely been points where I'm like oh my gosh if I get out right now I just 20x my investment and I did it so I mean I'm, I'm part of the problem right I mean I'm not trying to say I'm not I am however like once I do that I usually reinvest in the dip and then I like I stick around and see if I can build it back up be a part of the community as it does it just so I can educate myself and potentially be part of a project that actually successfully launches, you know, new features or creates this long-term idea because we really need a project that hits that long-term idea, that long-term realization of a long-term project in order for other people to want to copy it. Because right now everybody's just copy-pasting the same broken shit, right? It's really hard for them to create these boundaries or these preventative measures to get around, I, can't, I wish I had a different word from it, but people's like, need to have their return immediately and i think that's what a lot of problem is with just not well crypto in general people i think a, a majority of people still have that idea that crypto is that get in low let it shoot to the moon what that means is like i bought it for five cents in three weeks it's worth a dollar you know and i bought 
I don't know, 10,000 coins at 5 cents. It goes to a dollar, and now I have, you know, I've whatevered my investment, and I made all this money. So a lot of people are in it for the short-term gain, and when it's not there, they get out, spread as much hate as they can about the project, and they get out, and they go look for the next big thing. And that problem exists all over crypto, right? However, in these yield farms, they succeed and do well when people stick around a little longer. And that's on the developers to develop systems and put them in place to entice people to stay in them. However, so far, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it, but so, so far I have been unable to find a project that's able to do that. So I've noticed that the projects that are more game oriented, so the projects that feel like you're like playing a game almost, uh, not quite, but playing a game, these, those yield farms are doing better. If you've noticed that, Sometimes they have this phase one, the initial launch, maybe the month long, two month long dealio, and it shuts down. They launch, it doesn't really shut down. Some do, some don't. Phase two comes out. Well, I've seen a lot of them fall on their face in phase, phase two, or a lot of hypes build up and people have these unrealistic expectations and phase two come out and it's functional and it's really not a bad deal and it could be a really good way to make more money. You know, it just could be good for everybody involved. However, it's not what people wanted. It's not what people dreamed up in their head. It's not what people just blew up in chat in their Discord over two, three, four weeks. And so they're disappointed and it crashes and burns. All of these fe these features of what this system is, the gamified yield farms, it makes it so difficult for one to come out, succeed, and then succeed for a long term. So I knew that the long term wasn't really in the picture. What I was hoping for was being able to take an initial investment into one of these gamified yield farms for maybe two months and progressively make a little bit more maybe every week every week it gets a little bit more you can draw a little bit out leave some in play with the features in the community and giveaways and just you know be part of a community that's making a little bit of money here and there and then ride it out for a couple months they you know new people come as new features come out and you know that was what i thought was going to happen i don't know it's just that specific i'm gonna call it a business model because i don't really have any idea maybe just model like crypto model that specific crypto model isn't really working well i've noticed because of what i stated earlier people come in and buy the nfts and there's all this hype and the price jumps up everybody flips their nfts or sells all their nfts and leaves then or you have the group of people who don't want to play the nft flipping game and instead what they do is wait for it to launch as at launch buy as much of their token as possible Wait for the apex of that token, you know, it to go from half a penny to a nickel. And once it goes to a nickel, they sell it all and it crashes back down. And they do that a couple times while they can. Or they wait and there's a secondary token and they buy a shit ton of that. And it spikes through the roof and they sell it all then and then they're out. So you've got like two subsects of people, sometimes they intersect, of who see these projects as like short-term gains. And maybe that's where you're supposed to be. People who are part of these communities would hate me for saying that. However, they're having a hard time creating this long-term, this longevity. So maybe if you're really in it and you're really connected, potentially more nimble financially than I am, maybe even more intelligent, heck, I don't know. Maybe that's where you need to be. Maybe you do just plan on flipping the NFTs and flipping the token within the first week, five days of a project, whatever. Make, you know, see if you can 10x your investment and then just get ready to now 10x that investment, you know, you go in with a dollar, you make 10. Now you go put 10 in, you turn it into 100. And you, you keep doing that on all these projects. Maybe that's where you need to be. 
That's not what I've done. Maybe I'll try it, but that's not where I've been. I've been in this trying to get in, use the features to make the residual income or the passive income, uh, which, speaking of passive income, quick segue, if you haven't, check out the last episode. I had James Pelton on, a great YouTube content creator who focuses a lot on passive income. He has a great way of communicating, and he just does a great job on our interview. We kind of talk about passive income and we go all over these things. Uh, it was a really fun interview, so if you didn't get to see it, check out the last episode. I think it was called Be Our Guest, a little Beauty and the Beast throwback there. However, so you're doing these play to earn. I wanted to get that passive income going. I wanted it to be working while I was sleeping. I wanted to be making money while I was playing with my kids. You know, that's what I wanted. That's not really what is delivering. And I can't put it all on the developers. Some is for sure, but a lot of it's just our community as a whole is really set on this instant gratification. That's really just a cultural thing. In these communities, these crypto communities, that's really a big thing and it's really hard to separate them. You know, it's not like you can separate, okay, we did this, we're gonna let everybody come in, drop a ton of money and get the project started and then we're totally gonna, we're gonna pivot into a long-term strategy. All those people made some money, everybody made some money. Okay, now we're on this long-term sustainability. You know, I haven't seen that happen. I don't even know if that's possible. But I, so it hasn't really been delivering the way that I would like it to. It hasn't been as dynamic. I've still made good money on it. It's not even like I didn't make as much as I wanted. I made more than I thought. However, I've had to get out of a couple because they just were, unfortunately, because of the issues that I brought up earlier, they're just slowly landing the plane and it's going to crash and die and never come up again. So, I say all that to say it feels like the... Gamified yield farms are slowly discovering that they almost need more game-like mechanics. And what I mean by that is, if you build like a video game, there are simple rules and and borders and uh, programming in a video game that allows you to only do X, Y, Z. And I think the more they gamify it, the easier it is to restrain people, create restraints, and put these borders or in line these procedures that help combat that instant gratification to a certain extent so that people can still get it and still do their flipping thing and enjoy it but it creates a more sustainable game so i say like all of this long-winded explanation to get to the point that i've been trying to slowly transition more into some pay to earn video games and the way that works is you have to buy nfts to then play the video game so I know that sounds similar. However, a yield farm is you buy an NFT and you stake it and you essentially take your hands off and it just does its thing and you walk away and do whatever. That is much more ideal if you're looking for passive income, right? However, in a pay to earn video game, you buy the NFT, then you actively participate in the video game to earn the token and then you can take that token and, you know, turn it into money. Or use it to buy more NFTs to play, you know, I don't know, make your character more efficient or possibly have more chances to earn money uh, or whatever their specific game model is. And those games are actually still going. Now, the tokens of those of those similar projects or games have hit apexes and have come down, you know, they've hit a dollar, a dollar fifty, a token, and they've come down to 75 cents, 50 cents, 20 cents, 10 cents. But at the same time, if you're somebody who likes to play video games and you're like, man, I really try to play for an hour, two hours a day, it chills me out, it's my yoga, it's my meditation, it's my walk, it's my run, it's my whatever it is for you, perhaps it could be worth thinking about instead of buying a $60 new video game, well, 
I understand if you were to go out and buy like Elden Ring or one of those games for 60 bucks and it's got hundreds of hours of gameplay, that's awesome. However, what if you spent 60 bucks on one, two, three NFTs and a play-to-earn game, put in those hundred hours, depending on the game, maybe you make $100, $200, $300 or more, or maybe you just get your money back. But that's what's so attractive about the play-to-earn games. And that's why I think two episodes ago, I was talking about the metaverse. And I think play-to-earn games and the metaverse currently are two separate things. Right now, the metaverse, there is a lot of buying real estate or buying infrastructure in the metaverse to a state where people inhabit it and start using the facilities and start playing you know, these metaverse games or what have you, but we're not there yet. Where we are are more and more play-to-earn style games. Play-to-earn, pay-to-earn, depends on who you are, the way you say it. Some are quote-unquote free-to-play, and so those are play-to-earn. Usually rewards are a lot lower. Uh, it's harder to do. There's barriers, such like that. Then there's play-to-earn or pay-to-earn, no L, where it's you buy the NFTs, you invest, that money goes to the game developer. Then you use said NFT to then generate tokens, which then generate real-life currency. So I think we're at this weird intersection where everybody, there's like a bunch of different things going on in crypto right now, just like straight NFT projects that don't really have utility. Maybe they make you part of an exclusive community or something like that. And they're going to develop node-like things. There's the nodes, which are some people are doing well in. I'm doing, I'm not doing terrible. I'm doing okay in it. It's like still making me some money, obviously not to the extent I would like it to, but they're still making me money. Then there are these gamified yield farms, some of which are doing way better than others. I'm telling you two to three a week are popping out. I don't know. It, so many white papers to learn uh, and read through to try to like sort through which ones might be worth trying to invest in and which ones aren't. There are now they, you know, I try to focus on like one chain, like Avalanche. Uh, right now I'm on Avalanche and Solano the most. You know, but there's like Ethereum projects and all these things. So it's really hard to consume it all. And there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of investment going into nodes, gamified yield farms, crypto in general, metaverse like infrastructure and real estate. And then you've got these play to earn games where people are buying the NFTs and then playing. You know, the only ones that I have really seen on these play to earn games so far. Now, this doesn't mean they're not there's not better ones out there. The ones I've had the most luck with are ones that were similar to, uh, I don't know if anybody out here plays mobile games, but Brawl Stars was a super popular game for a little while by Supercell, the guys who made Clash of Clans, Boom Beach, Clash Royale. So they made a game called Brawl Stars. Well, somebody took that same idea and they created a game called Phaeton Arena. And it's like a mobile shooter battle royale kind of deal on your phone, and it's well done like from a video game standpoint like it's fun to play uh it doesn't it's not hard on the eyes and then you can earn their token and then use that token to buy more nfts and then you know actually transfer those out for money i think a token right now is like you know what i really i don't know i was gonna say 22 cents but that was a different game you know but even if it's only worth like five cents you still imagine playing a game getting a thousand of this coin it's worth five cents or you get ten you play for three minutes and you made 50 cents if it was 10 coins for a win or something right so you just made 50 cents for one game which doesn't sound like a lot but you as a gamer play 30 games a day on and off throughout the day you get bored you play 20 at night what if 
that 20 instead of just being like, oh, cool, I won some. That feels good. I'm going to go get this serotonin and go take a shower and pass out. What if it was 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever? I feel like the play-to-earn aspect... Oh, I'm sorry, I said two games. The other game is one called Blockchain Monster Hunter. I haven't actually played that one. I've only watched people play it, and I've looked at the community, and it looks really fun, and it, it's simple to understand. To an extent, it has some more deep concepts, but people seem to be enjoying it, making a little bit of money. Nothing outlandish, right? You know, that's why you always want to watch out when you see these clickbaits about $100 a day, $500 a day. You know, that's not going to last. We just know that from history. I feel like... Once this play-to-earn game situation, like the ones I just mentioned, once they start to intersect more with these yield farms or they start intersecting with these metaverse projects or even these node projects, I think that's when things are really going to blow up. And so I've been looking more at the play-to-earn games. I've been looking more at investing in video games that aren't quite out yet that are play-to-earn or pay-to-earn, uh, powered by NFTs, driven by NFTs. I've been looking at a lot of those because they, they create their own ecosystems of spending the coin for power-ups and level-ups. And they appeal more to gamers than investors. And gamers, if you're not one, you know, once we like a game and we want to play, we really want to strive to get to where, you know, if you want to be the best farmer, the best blacksmith, the best player, the best player versus player. If you want to be that, you invest, you want to do what you can to be the strongest. If you give a gamer a thousand of a token and you're like, hey, with this thousand token, you can make your character better. You can make your blacksmith better. You can make your farmer better. Or you can take a thousand tokens and go get five dollars in the real world. I, that's dramatic. I don't know. I'd be a super cheap token, but you get what I'm saying. The gamer is going to go easy, no question. They're going to power up their guy and they're going to spend that coin, their token. And they're going to do that regularly until they get to a point where they feel like, hey, I've got, I'm at a good spot. I'll start banking it in case I need to reuse it for something really cool. Oh, look, I made a really cool item. Oh, I can't use this item. Oh, but I could sell it and make money. Or I could take that money and invest it back into my game. And I think that creates a better economic environment for a game. Because if you gave an investor a thousand tokens and said, hey, good job, you made a thousand tokens today, that's five dollars, he'd go, great. Okay, over the 30-day average, $5 is almost the most I could have made out of this over the last five days. It's been going up. Okay, we've plateaued. Okay, we're hanging out here. Oh, we're going down a little? Yeah, let's sell it all. Everything I make, let's sell it all. Oh, it's below a certain price? Okay, don't sell it. Hold on to it for a little bit. Hey, we peaked back up. Sell it all again. You know, they're not really investing back in the ecosystem. Some will. Some won't. So I think that's why if we can get some of these projects to intersect with video games more and then get the video game community involved more, I think it'll create a better environment. So that's why I have been slowly transitioning, I don't know, I guess you could say like 50% of my portfolio out of these gamified yield farms into more like actual games or game projects that aren't out yet, but you can still purchase NFTs to kind of get in on the ground floor and you can kind of move forward like that. And another reason I've been kind of shifting more to the play-to-earn games and the actual just, well, I guess, yeah, play-to-earn games, yeah, would be the same as these video game projects. And I'm shifting out of the nodes and I'm shifting out of the gamified yield farms is because, like I said, it seems like five are coming out every week of all these different types of projects. They're all similar, slightly different, but nothing really stands out. It's just another clone or a fork. 
and if you're not positioned quite right, you know, you're on the white list or you're able to get on on the ground floor, wait a day or two, sell them all. You know, if you're not positioned quite right, you don't have as much liquid capital to take advantage of them. They just, that's all you're doing, which could be what you want. That could be your thrill. That could be your thing, but it's not for me really. However, so I'm still there, right? I haven't got out completely. I still own different nodes. I own like six or seven nodes of different various projects. I've still got them going, hoping that they do they're doing well now, but hoping they do better. You know, they create that passive income. And then I'm trying to move more into these play-to-earn games because I feel like that's where we're heading as, like, a more sustainable way to make money, uh, a way to take the effort you put in and actually get money back. And to be honest, uh, unlike a yield farm or a node, I can't pour more effort into it and get more return. You can't. It's just set. If I want more return, i got to spend more money. You know, I can't directly affect my return with effort. However, in a play-to-earn game, I can directly affect my return with effort. I can play more. I could play better. I could read guides and tips and tricks and just get better, play better, be more efficient. Video game like routes and builds and the best way to create XYZ. You know, I could put in more effort into a play-to-earn game and I can get better returns. That's more attractive to me. You know, I'm still wanting to, I'm still chasing that passive income. You know, and I, I'm looking at a lot of projects, projects that seem like they would be more sustainable. I'd rather make $100 a day every day for a year than make $1,200 a day for two weeks. You know what I mean? Because then I can constantly count on it and, and you, in the long run you get more and it just feels a little more secure, a little more safe. Uh, so I'm still looking for those projects, but I really have been shifting more to these play-to-earn games. And another thing that really tipped me over was if you're listening to this and you don't know, FTX, at least to me, I didn't know about them until probably three months ago, two months ago. They've kind of exploded onto the crypto scene, at least from my point of view. They've exploded onto the crypto scene and they're like sponsoring a ton of podcasts that don't even have to do with crypto. They're sponsoring podcasts that obviously in YouTube channels and what have you that have to do with crypto and blockchain gaming and NFTs because they launched not only are they a crypto exchange, they launched an NFT marketplace and they launched a gaming division. The whole idea of the gaming division is to support projects and support game companies and gaming startups and help them involve crypto and nfts into their games and really develop that play to earn nft video game space and then being a major player in the crypto space going out of their way seeing that the gaming space with nfts play to earn all that jazz is such a big opportunity they got in so with them moving into it i think gamestop just made a partnership with another uh like crypto nft marketplace deal i know gamestop is like the last of a dying breed you know first it was blockbuster now it's gamestop like you know like they're still around they're still doing things but they have partnered right and they still have a lot of leeway and a lot of pool so they've partnered you know so people are starting to open up more to this game space realizing how dedicated gamers are how focused we get on achieving things inside of an, uh, an ecosystem you know think about the people who have spent hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars on skins in a game that they can't cash out of or on buying current special currency to help them quickly get to the top level of a game or maybe get them that extra percentage point when they go to do an in-game raid or an in-game boss those people if you can get those people to get into the nft space the play to earn space the crypto space in that game atmosphere i think it's going to create a much more sustainable income uh, for those involved because it's going to create a much more sustainable 
atmosphere and ecosystem to then proceed to make money, flip and buy and trade. You can buy and trade and flip on a regular basis without harming the ecosystem because it's so stable. So that's why I have been slowly switching from all these gamified yield farms. And this has been like a week, maybe a two week transition. You know, it's nothing dramatic. Like I haven't like sold everything and now I'm in a million dollars. You know, first, I've never seen a million dollars. Second, I just haven't got there. I still believe that I can, there's money to be made where I'm leaving from, right? So there's still money to be made in these yield farms and these, NF, these strictly NFT projects and nodes. And I'll keep my eye on it because there will be that one or two that come out that do innovate, that are the next step. However, I think it's a little bit safer to get in on bigger projects and these play-to-earn games where I can directly affect my return with my effort. So that's where I've been transitioning. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. I would never. Uh, who the hell am I to tell you how to do it, right? However, I did want to just make you aware that from my point of view, you know, just reassess things. Kind of look at them, right? Same as I always talk about assessing projects, assessing uh, these NFT yield farms, assessing nodes. is the same way to assess games. And I'm still going to be, like I said, I'm still going to be going through yield farms, still be going through all this stuff, but I've started researching less yield farms and node projects and i've started researching more video games and play to earn projects because i feel like that's where we're going you know i would say metaverse but like we talked about two episodes ago metaverse is just wildly expensive like it's been crazy damn expensive you know a thousand dollars is like your minimum investment up to hundreds of thousands of dollars i think there's even nft investments right now in like mmos coming out uh, like the one from Gala Games, what's it called? Mirandis. You know, there's entire YouTube channels dedicated to like talking about it. And people are like spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy the NFTs and the real estate in there. You know, and if I had that kind of money to be able to invest, maybe I would, you know, because I believe in it. I'm just not there, right? So so my version of <laughs> a $500,000 mansion in a game that's not even come out yet is a $30 little Pokemon thing that I can go earn $20 a day by playing an hour with it or playing two hours a day with it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I've gone. Now, real quick, the issue obviously with the the earning in the play to earn games is in fact that I need to put forth the effort. So I have to have an hour or two to play. I need to play, literally play a video game for two to three hours a day to have income. It's weird, you know, because I'm so attracted to crypto right now because I can like spend two or three hours in the morning doing a lot of stuff, set it up, set alarms on my phone, what have you. And then I can like go clean the house or I can go like catalog Amazon uh, product to put up for sale or I can do other things. However, if I decide to get in this play to earn video game space, which I think is more profitable, which I think is so cool that you could control your income through your effort. I then have to have the time to put forth said effort, right? So that's a big trade-off. Now, I could do it at night, get up in the morning, and, you know, oh, and I love it because it sounds like I'm complaining, and I am not, right? Uh, yes, there's a lot to do. Everybody has a lot to do, but this is nothing compared to what other people are going through. So it's just the trade-off of getting more into this space is usually more effort is needed. Sure, you can get more return on your effort, but you then have to have the time to put forth said effort. So that's kind of where I've been aiming, and that's I'll wrap it up. I know we're getting long-winded here. That's what I wanted to talk about in this episode was kind of going from how I started with the yield farms, 
and have slowly kind of shifted into play-to-earn games, um, NFT-powered video gaming, and things like that, because I think that's where the long-term play is. I really do think that they're a little more reliable at the moment. I mean, there's not a lot of like very successful play-to-earn games that I can point to, right? Because they're all still so new. However, I think they're more sustainable. I think they're a little more secure. You know, they've got a lot more security than some of these yield farms do. It's a lot harder for a full-fledged video game to launch and then take all your money and run and be a, a rug pool. You know, it can happen, but it's a lot harder. So there's a lot of attractive things about it. And that's kind of why I've been shifting and why I've kind of got away from nodes and gamified yield farms is I'm just honestly, I've just been beat over the head with 600 versions of the same game with different themes. You know, it's all the same game, but this one's about wolves and this one's about milk cows and this one's about aliens and this is zombies and this is the mafia and this is police and this is thieves and this is, you know, monsters and whatever. You know, it's like, okay, okay, they're all the same with just slightly different things. And it's hard to, you know, and it's really hard to determine which one's which. But so that's why I've gotten away from them so much recently. And that's where I'm going. So I hope this helped you guys to understand a little more of like, I don't know if you're in the same spot I am, but I, like I said, the whole idea of this podcast is kind of narrate me going through it. Things I see that I enjoy, things that I see that are turning me off in order to just share it with you. Maybe it enlightens you in a way that affects the way you trade uh, for the positive, or maybe you just get to relax and listen to a guy rant and rave about various things in the crypto space. So guys, thank you so much for hanging around for yet another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. Guys, I really hope that you can like it, share it, listen to it again, share it with a friend, a family member, whatever you want to do. Please help us out. Send it out there. I'm having a lot of fun with this podcast. I'm hoping that at least one person per episode gets a nugget of wisdom or something that really helps them develop in their crypto space whether it just helps them understand something a little more, whether it helps them decide to finally invest and play that game. I'm not telling you to invest. Again, not financial advice, but if it gives you the confidence to try dip your toe in or anything like that, you know, it's fun. It, it can, again, be something serious if you really do your research and you get into it. Uh, so I've had a lot of fun with this podcast. If you could share it with somebody, tell somebody about it. I know it's not necessarily them, and I'm not put on by an expert. I am the filthy casual crypto guy. I just think it's a little more relatable and easy to deal with. So thanks again, guys, for sticking around. I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. Ooh,